awesome. <laughs> theme song. Um, by the way, anybody wondering about that theme song real quick? Uh, it was just supposed to be like the theoretical intro to an HBO Rogue One series like Game of Thrones meets uh Oh, I may West need to World. come back to that because yeah. uh, so you composed that, right? I did. I may need, like, I know this is not the episode to talk about that, but mm-hmm. I'm going to need to hear about your thoughts behind why that music is the intro you would pick. Not that I didn't Will like do. it, but more that, like, I, I just, I, now I want to know. Will you know? do. And it is the theme song to Rogue One, a podcast story, which you're listening to right oh, now. Welcome back, boy. everybody. Yeah, every time we do this podcast, we have to watch Rogue One and... It, Correct me if I'm wrong, Allie. It's exhausting. It is it's so stressful. stressful. It's Ugh. legitimately stressful. And uh, um, I did want to throw our disclaimer out here real quick. Yeah. I know you're leading, but just Go saying, ahead. you and I, not a single solitary second of actual training in what we're about to talk about. Not at all. Not I've at all. It's seen all, editorial yeah, YouTube videos. Yeah, that's, but about, that's it. about it. In terms of just like critiquing films. So like just saying, we know we're technically possibly full of shit. Just, yeah. uh, you know. Oh yeah, and however, we have however, seen a lot of so Star much Wars. Of, so much of this film in particular. Yeah. I have uh, on purpose watched Rogue One, the, my least favorite <laughs> of all the Star Wars movies, more in the last couple, like in the last few months, I think I've probably watched Rogue One like at least four times. Yeah. Um, Compared to my two viewings, maybe, of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, it, it, Like, each time we watch it, we watch it, each time we do an episode... We've got a different topic that we want to focus on, but we watch the whole movie. As a matter of fact, yeah. right now on Allie's computer, we've got it playing. We've on like seen the, this the, movie. The, the best, the most beautiful scene in the whole movie at and the beginning. I, I got to tell you, every time I see it, I think maybe this time I'll understand what's going on. But but in particular this time, focusing on the subject that we're about to talk about, and you know, like, we this- put on like subtitles and we rewound and we were like, no, we really want to get a handle on this. It got it got worse. It got more confusing. It got and more I got lazy. more paranoid about it. Like yeah. I was watching, like in less of a like a big picture. Maybe this time, like maybe this time, like my heart will change or something. I was like, right. maybe this time I'm actually going to see like how batshit I am. Like like how <laughs> am I possibly missing? How because so many people yeah. just like especially now that like recently we were looking at you know things that people have posted on The Last Jedi and people posting things like, can Star Wars be fixed after The Last Jedi? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, as as we were looking down on some aerial shot of Rogue One, which admittedly was a gorgeous shot, but like, Uh I was thinking about all the, all the, mess that was happening in the process of it, I was like, this wasn't the movie that, yeah, but, but again, I mean, this isn't, it's seriously, like you guys know, it's not Phantom Menace. We're not saying this is like a crazy, uh, insane movie that like who knows Phantom who it's Menace for is not whatever. The one I would have jumped for, but, but you know what I yeah. mean. Like Phantom Menace is one of those movies that we grew up with, and so we have an affinity for. But it's more or less a bad movie. Like even those who will defend it, it's not. It's not a great cohesive whole for a first movie. By no means but an appropriate follow up to like a Star Wars that we certainly not Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is like my favorite movie. Um, but. But that being said, now we're in the we're not in the realm of fish monsters and fart jokes. We're in the realm of like serious adulthood, and I'm like, this is the movie that we get. Anyway, if you're listening to this podcast, you know 
what this podcast is about, and which I is we do don't like come Rogue back One. to some of like I I, I don't want to totally discredit some of the things they did that made it feel like a full on adult Star Wars movie. Cause yeah, this was the viewing in which I did because of the way that we were choosing to view it see the most of the things that I was okay with. It's just also sure. like, not even okay with, but like okay, I'm here for it. Let's like, but let's expand on it. But I was like, I saw the most good yeah. material in this, like the, the stuff where I was like, oh, there was so much potential here. But uh, to the same degree, I was also getting so many things where I was like, I don't even know how to talk about this. Yeah, and, and maybe just before the end, we can do an episode that's just nothing but good things. Right. We just say all the good things that we like about the movie, you know, like, and, yeah. and there's no negativity. I mean, maybe like, I like this idea, whatever, but maybe we can do an episode like that. Let, let yeah. us know what you guys think. Yeah, uh, or maybe you'd never want to hear. I mean, hear, maybe we need to do that just anyway just so we can feel better by the end of yeah, it. Yeah, it might be a like, relief to just be like, well, yeah. Anyway. Because now all the vitriol is gone. Yeah, but today anyway. we want to talk about something in specific because we're really breaking down this movie. And by the end of it, um, by the end of this podcast miniseries, we will have, uh, I would guess, five to seven hours of... Uh, Stuff and we can't put that all in one episode, so we're segmenting it. And and in this one, I thought I want to talk about the the world around the main character, starting with the second lead, Cassian, and the Rebel Alliance, um, because I think it's such a key part of this movie that. Um, it's about war, and it's from the rebels' perspective. Mm-hmm. We jump to the Empire every once in a while, but it's not really sympathizing with the Empire, as well it probably shouldn't. But uh, these characters, Cassian and the rebels, both sides, both the Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. and Saw's extremists, need to work for this world to work for us. You know, We need to understand what kind of place Jin is in, these are the things that she experiences. This is her side of things. And uh, the world she's suddenly thrust into, much like Luke being thrust into the world of Jedi and right. purpose and destiny, that world needs to make sense so that we understand the difference between farm boy and you've taken your first step into a much larger world. Right. So we need to know what the difference is between Jin's life and the the life of being in the Rebel Alliance, which is arguably something that they haven't really done before because uh, it just seems like a conglomeration of good guys in the original movies, whereas this is Jin deciding maybe maybe I don't join, like kind of asking the audience, what about the Rebel Alliance would make you not want to join them? Without having seen the Solo movie, almost like, mm. uh, almost the same kind of a thing for the Solo, like, yeah. like if, if, if Star Wars had been from Solo's perspective instead of from maybe like, Luke's perspective. Yeah. Because, like, it, there is still her getting involved in a war that she is not directly related to. Uh, I, I, she is, I guess she is directly related to it. That's oh, a bad way to say she's it. She's very related to it. But, like, something that she is, that she doesn't actually have, and we see this kind of proven as a flaw in the film, other than her relationship to her father, she doesn't actually have any practical right. relationship to. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, right. But she is more of a Han Solo in the, like, I just want to get... I mean, she's got more 
obvious baggage that she talks about mm. and lets influence her than Han does, but still, like she is that yeah. she is a scoundrel. And you can of. tell that this not a well not a well portrayed scoundrel by any means, but mm. but a scoundrel. I the mean, idea of the rebellion was supposed to be much larger. Again, you know, maybe this is a conspiracy theorist or whatever. I I don't know much about the production of the movie mm-hmm. and how it changed, but that original teaser trailer, she says, "You've you want me? I rebel." You know, and so I think that there was always supposed to be a key focus on the rebellion and what and we're going to break it down. It's not just going to be a bunch of good guys with blonde hair uh, fighting the good fight. We're going to talk about the stuff that they needed to do in order to win freedom. We're going to talk about um, the the American revolutionary forces and how in the British in the British armies, they kind of fought dirty you know, and like unfairly and unsportsmanly. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, as George Lucas has alluded to before, the Viet Cong versus the American technologically war. I'm uh, not prepared. S- superior. Well, it's like we, this movie wants to go into uh, those perspectives that mm-hmm. sometimes it's not just good guys, underdogs fighting the good fight. Sometimes they are, but you got to shoot some people in the back. You gotta lay some traps. You gotta like, and it's like to what attain is... the thing that you want to attain, not yeah. like you got it. Is in like the universe is willing. Oh. Yeah, Just your mic. Too close, too far. Let's <laughs> tip it down toward more towards your mouth. Like this. Like that. Perfect. Okay. Um, so let's get started on that, and I let's start from the very beginning. The scene that uh, happens to be playing behind you. The problem with Cassian. Uh, we're introduced to this character for the first time. In this movie, mm-hmm. um, he comes upon a extremist member of Saw's Saw's extremists, a member of Saw's extremists. Um, he is uh, aligned with Saw Guerrera. He's a rebel, um, but not with the Alliance. His name's like, Tivik, I think, by the way, Tivik. Tivik, like Tivik. Yeah, just so that you don't. Good know. old yeah. broken arm Tivik. Yeah. Uh, he is not aligned with the Alliance, but. Uh, Cassian is and forgive me if I say Diego every once in a while sometimes I say the character's name sometimes I say the actor's name but Diego Luna plays Cassian and uh, you know what a quick disclaimer nothing I say about these characters or their portrayals is really a comment on the actors because honestly if I if I'm being fair everybody in this movie is a good actor oh yeah I don't Uh, I could argue that they don't do a great job acting but I would never say. Have you seen Felicity Jones and anything else? I'm trying to think. I'm not asking that to be to be. Uh, I'm not trying to to fight you on that. It's more just that like nobody's unbelievable in this movie. You know, like I'm never uh, like these characters are. They, I always think these are bad characters. I never think these actors. Oh my god, he's one of the worst, or she's so unbelievable. L- like in. Um, Oh, I don't know. The other hacky movies that you just, you don't buy it, you know. But Diego Luna, I'm going to be talking a lot about you. I have nothing against you at all. I'm just talking about this character that was written that you were hired to play. And honestly, like, I don't even know that I have anything against necessarily the directors even. or Gareth Edwards. Or, or the like the writer. Like, like mm. there's a whole bunch of stuff where, like, I had this giant amount of, like... As I was sitting and just just picking it apart, I was like, I was feeling bad at the same time because I was like, just creatively, there was so much they were trying to put into the movie. Yeah. Like, so much wanted to be there. And I do think it came 
in many parts from a good place. Yeah. Like I like I don't think that it was just people trying to make money. Like I can see sure. so many bones of 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 a beast that wanted to be magnificent here, yeah. but like we, they only had however many minutes. Uh, right. The movie is to give it to us, and this is and this is our the the big thes- thesis, which is yeah of our needs to be something more than just a, a movie. It, like there's yeah. just not enough time. There's not enough time. It it definitely it's like not one of the more cynical, uh, cash grab Star Wars films. It, there no, is there is focus there. There's passion in this. The problem that I think, uh, st- is is really surrounding Cassian, and you, you I'm going to lay this out for you, and you tell me if you yeah, disagree. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm ready. Much like uh, many other characters in this movie, they cannot commit to Cassian as a character. Cassian Mm. is both a treacherous, uh, insurgent, semi-extremist rebel who is also at the same time... Based on the movie. Yeah. At the same time, almost flippantly uh, bound by morality, bound by love... Uh, he changes kind of like here and there depending on what the scene demands from him, but not from what his character would do. And uh, that's part of the problem is that we don't get enough time to see Cassian as a dog-eat-dog, I-am-going-to-do-whatever-it-takes guy turn into... I'm going to fight for the right reasons and I'm and I mm-hmm. you know I'm ashamed of whatever I did. I'm not saying that's necessarily the plot you had to go with. I'm just saying that like there really is no growth for his character. There's just kind of back and forth. He's either shooting somebody in the back or he's not he's choosing not to shoot somebody for some reason that he never really clarifies. And like you can determine that you know the character is at odds with certain things, but we don't get enough read into that you're just yeah. sort of like it just feels like he didn't do something or did something because the script told him to so here's what i would change about cassian okay, in the show ready. in my show um that introductor introduction with cassian and uh tivik or whatever mm-hmm. his name is tivik he has a broken arm right in that scene tivik which says so blatantly to me, as an audience member, plot device. He he can't escape. They're gonna have to escape in the future. In the future tense, by climbing, which we don't know yet. But he won't be able to climb because his arm is broken. No mention of how this arm was broken. Now here's a small thing you can change to make this work. Have and he's very afraid of Cassian, or maybe not. He's just like he's in a rush. I gotta get out of here. They know too much. It's a planet killer. That you don't know what they're building. It's kyber crystals. It's Galen Erso. I gotta leave. The, the the you know the ship's gonna leave without me. I gotta go. So here's the detail. Cassian has been sending this dude on missions and getting him in trouble uh, in, for in his your, own use. In my it. show, in my version of it, okay. his arm is broken from a pri- from a prior mission that he sent him on, or is explicitly stated that his arm was broken getting the intel of Galen Erso and such and such, mm-hmm. and that Cassian had forced him to kind of do that, either you know, by intimidating him and saying you have to, kind of putting pressure on him, or physically intimidating him and forcing him to go and okay. saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, blow up your store or whatever. I'm going to th- take something away from you, so you know, like made him do it. So in this version, uh, 
what you're in and not saying it's not being said in the official version, but you're saying Cassian is is invested enough in his experience right that he would say like I'm gonna in, I'm going to actually threaten and physically intimidate someone. This isn't like a good must win out. this is a, yeah. I want my side to to blossom and and, and right. win so that I can be whatever. In my like, version, yeah. Cassian's mentality is that you need to do whatever it takes to stop the empire. Got and you. so he sees it as uh as morally um bargainable that you can make this guy go do something, put him in danger, get his arm busted or whatever because they're going to learn out they're going to learn mm-hmm. something very important. And because of that, the guy doesn't want to work with him anymore. He doesn't trust him. By doing this, he's also found out something very terrifying about the Empire, and Mm -hmm. he wants out. I'm out of here. He says, Saul was right. Uh, In the movie, he says, Saul was right. I gotta go. And we don't know what he's talking about, Saul was right. But we can go into that a little bit. And you can see, it'll help build Cassian's character as, like, he is not... He's an anti-hero. And how you know? would you communicate all that though? Like, what would be like? Would there be a way? That, do you know how? In you'd my prefer? head, yeah. Because uh, you can, you kind of imp- infer that a little bit from the film. It's just not mm-hmm. satisfying because you you have to infer it, and they don't say a lot to actually support it. You're just kind of be right. like, all right, I'm here, and I know what you're saying, and I'm it's not, not stupid. It's not strong like, enough. It's not acted in a way that I would have directed. It's not uh, explicitly stated that his arm was busted doing something for Cassian, just more of like I was lazy. doing something for the rebels. And it's quick. It's just like sometimes there's laziness because we don't want to deal with it, and then sometimes there's laziness because this scene's already... 45 seconds and we need to move on right you know, like right that kind there's of a lot so, we're wanting to cover in this in this audience comfortably linked you know like right so in my head and stick with me here audience and Allie. i know Allie will be on board for this i think I'm, I'm ready in my head this scene plays out more like when brendan fraser's character runs into benny in the first mummy movie okay and he says you know like he he sees him like skulking behind some stuff and he says this is my little buddy benny i think i'll (laughs) kill you now you know like it's not that level of comedic but cassian is playing the hey 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 buddy it's okay tell me just tell me what you found out and he's like no i don't i don't want to We've seen those relationships of like the person who knows they should get out of like an abusive relationship with this person, but but they can't because they're threatened by them or they think that they are their mm-hmm. friend deep down, you know, kind of thing. And like, oh, I wanna... don't don't put that on him for me. That's going to be tough for me. Like... I'm saying it's not a romantic thing. It's it's not like actually right, being... but any degree of not getting out of a relationship that you think is abusive. He, this is, pilot is a... at the beginning of the or this rebel at the beginning of the movie wants yeah. to desperately get out of this situation. To, He's right, done. That's fair. Yeah. And for some reason, Cassian won't let him. So I say if you're going to go for that. Make it make it serious. Make Cassian okay. a little darker, a little more like, look, let's go. And then you can punctuate that and cement it as that is his starting point by having him shoot him in the back because he's going to be dead weight. He's right. going to he's going to get him caught uh, or he's going to get caught and he's going to give up Cassian because he knows that the second this guy gets a chance to to make a deal against me, I'm going to do it, you know, and then that would be our starting point, I think it would be the end 
of one of my episodes. It would be the introduction of Cassian at the end of one of the episodes. Really? So that you know that in the next episode, this is the character's starting point. He is an anti-hero. He is not afraid to kill. He's not afraid to trade alliances uh, be- as long as it doesn't compromise what he believes, you know, but for the most part, he uses whatever he can. He uses guns, he uses wits, he uses charm, he uses bombs, he uses uh, people on the Empire side, on the Rebel side. He is trying to get something done, and it's a morally gray area. All right, so just like for, because I'm, I'm actually like super in- curious about this yeah. now. You would have that as the end of Cassian, but um, maybe you said it and I just forgot. Would it be introducing him? I mean, it would at the be, end of an episode, but right. it would be introducing Cassian? Yeah, I would probably put it at the end of like the second episode or something. Um, uh, just after curious, that episode, second episode focusing on what? Would Cassian- focusing on a little bit more of Jin and... Uh, and Saw's relationship when they were younger, jumping forward a little bit, All getting right. into Jin being captured and put into prison. Okay. And then we cut to Cassian finding out this information, and we know that they're going to break her out of prison in the next and team up. So we have a little bit okay. of Jin's backstory, our main character who needs more focus. And then who's this guy? He's of so much focus that he might be of importance. And then you don't know in the next episode when he shows up in that war room with Jin, we've seen something that no one in that room has which is is this guy a friend or a foe and that's what i want to i want to play cassian up that way can we trust this guy or is he doing the well, right a friend or a foe to what to Jin, because Jin wants to okay wants to fight the empire Wants to find her father. She is more she, morally straightforward by the end of the series and by the end of the film. In your version of it. Yeah, in my version of it. Uh, more of the typical Star Wars hero using trusting the Force and rallying troops and that sort of thing. From the Cassian get-go, is. you mean? Yeah, I mean, she's she. we're going to kind of delve into her being tested and weary and that kind of thing, but not everybody can be... Uh, lost and have no hope. And I think that that's an interesting parallel between will Jin become kind of like Cassian? Will she become like Saw? Will she listen to her father saying never give up hope? Or could she take the choice of just ignoring all of this and disappearing like she has, you know? And like, that's what we want to find out in this character. We want to see what choices does she make? What, and, uh, and what do we consider to be, worthy of the cause and that's kind of a a weird a weird not on your part take but a weird take that the movie was already in a way taking the the, like what how or i think that we're trained to feel the movie was taking at least right which is how is she going to react to all this because she at least from what we've heard and what is kind of implied in in the movie is that she has more exposure to this world than Luke did going into it. So mm-hmm. it's not like she's a blank slate. Right. So the 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 like what are you going to do about this is is like <clears throat> we're not seeing the first instance of what she would or should do about this you could theorize. Right. Like like she already knows how she feels about the empire. Yeah. She was she was in on an empire, you know, 
prison camp yeah. or something. Yeah. So I don't. That's I guess to me one of the weaknesses of the film, and one of the mm-hmm. weaknesses that hit me before I knew I didn't like the. All right, I went into the film not feeling like I was super crazy about it, but yeah. like I was trying to give it a chance. And that was one of the things that when I saw that, the, like her being in a prison camp and then them really not explaining yeah. how she got there. Why I was are like, you here again? You know? I, it was just, it was one of those lazy writing moments where I was like, I get that you have time that you were, like, you just did not have enough time, I guess yeah. is what I mean. But sure. at the same time, um, why? Like what, what was happening? All these things, like Luke was a blank slate. You're just like, your life was boring before we got there. Yeah. So all the it, it seems like she is there as what is supposed to be at least we're trained to think will be the neutral mask right. based on all, all these other movies that we saw and instead she already has baggage and yeah. it's not well explored before we get there and they don't do a great job i don't think of exploring in the movie again because there's not enough time for it yeah and that's the thing is you can't or i, I believe that you can't explore um, the character and what she's going to become as easily if you have nothing to relate her to. Yeah. It's the character yeah. experiencing the world, experiencing the uh, threats. And so they have paired her in this movie with someone that is almost... You know, this idea that like they're kindred spirits in a yeah, sense. Yeah, but yeah, But because of that, we don't understand the conflict. When you're kindred spirits uh, going along on a journey, then you should both be facing these challenges. But Cassian and Jin are constantly shown as facing a different kind of challenge that that, that Jin yeah, doesn't understand specific. what Cassian's been yeah. through. That Cassian thinks of Jin, she shouldn't be on this mission. It's too dangerous kind of thing. So they're not, they might be kindred spirits or they might be two souls meant for each other, but the movie has the tone that w- that they're not supposed to know that yet. That by the end of the yeah. movie, by the end of this series, they're supposed to come together and in, in like, oh yeah, I guess we're more alike than we thought and we were fi- now we're fighting for the right reasons kind of thing. And so in order to, to make that happen in my series, I would fundamentally change where Cassian, well not fundamentally, but a little harsher, uh, in a harsher way, change how Cassian begins. Make him more morally reprehensible. Make him, is this guy good or is he bad or what is good and bad? Like, what does he really think? And that's why I would have episodes um, kind of flashback or out of line, you know, before the title sequence or whatever um, of of uh Cassian and his life, you know, so that we can see why he's become this and how he's going to become more uh yeah, I I don't know. I I I can talk a little bit more about those episodes, but but what do you think about that? Do you would you would you keep Cassian roughly in the same moral area that he is in or do you think that that's not really his problem? is having kind of like a wishy-washy thing or I don't like I I agree with you that the character seems hmm, so much of this when I'm looking at it and I I might be completely Mm -hmm. wrong just the impression that I'm getting from the way that it was cut is that they made a lot of decisions and changes throughout the movie like it feels like it because sure. Cass, Cassian feels like they were filming at least two different 
directions mm. and then they recut it. Yeah. Which we know they did do some degree of recutting in the film based mm. on the trailer versus the movie that we got. Yeah. Stating um, that it was too dark. So I, I do agree that like maybe with the time that they had allotted to them, Cassian was not a very strong character because sometimes he like do you know what it what it really seemed like to me is that a lot of care they they represented a lot of character arcs to their credit, they were trying to to show a lot of people. I think their take on Jin and Cassian is all things considered could have been and maybe even is a solid take because mm. it's not straight romance. It is two kindred spirits. Sure. Um, Which I think we both appreciate. It's not romance. Yeah. Like, and I liked you know. that. And I actually, the closest thing I had to sort of like a, a deep reaction to it, and I think the whole movie is kind of about relationships in a few ways because that's like something that's um that's important to them like they talk about uh Chirut and and Baze mm-hmm. uh, as a relationship yeah. we have her and Cassian uh, uh, Jin and Cassian as a relationship and I there was there was more in there it, 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 yeah just things where it's just like their expectations versus reality and expectations of each other changing mostly um anyway he wasn't wasn't a strong character in that sense um he he changed a lot and yeah. i it bummed me out i understand it was because of the time that they had but it was flip floppy and so i would have changed him i think that i i agree that i would have liked him better as a harsher character i think some of the flip floppiness was them trying to factor in more things to try to push the narrative they were going for with right. him i um in terms of episodes, I don't know if I would give Cassian personally his own episode dedicated to his backstory. I would just try to do some good show don't tell with him and then maybe mm. give him a couple tasteful flashbacks because he is mm. like a secondary or I guess he's like the next down from the main character. Yeah, so second he, lead. So he, yeah, second lead, co lead, whatever. He deserves um, some kind of, of fleshing out, like yeah. showing us like. He all right. So he's been in the resistance since he was six. That implies. So told. <laughs> so I believe. I believe yeah, that I about mean, his I character. Believe it they Him said saying, it, "I've but... been in the resistance since I was six. and I'm like, I, it, even that. I'm actually like, I'm okay with that because there is a lot implied by that that I am okay with just mm. being an implication. I do have problems with this movie being that there are a lot of things that they are like. You're just gonna have to infer what we're what we're right. getting at and and be okay with that. And I'm like, you have not done enough work to make me okay with that mm-hmm. yet. Like the only the only thing they did to to try to get me hook, line, and sinker for this film from the get go was how pretty they've made it. Right. I was like, you are wagering a lot on how gorgeous this film is. Oh, it is definitely. a beautiful film, and it and it, it's it's so the scale of it is one of my favorite of the Star Wars films. Probably my favorite in terms of just showing me how big, yeah, the like the the space stuff is. Right, right. It really, you know, it really knows how to handle space. It tried to ground concept. itself. It tried a lot mm-hmm. to ground itself in the details of the physical surroundings. Like every, like they did a lot of work on like there's tentacles coming out of the stew right. and how big the the star destroyers were. Like I appreciated that. I also had pointed out uh, relating to that that. There's a scene where Jin's on a platform and one of the Imperial shuttles takes off and they don't have like yeah. they don't have like fire coming out of the back of them like jets, but it takes off and it pushes her back. And it is just like a small moment of like, that's nice. That's a little bit of world building. It feels like, yeah, OK, I yeah. understand how these things propel. I think you know something I mean? 
I think something in a, this actually kind of applies to Cassian too, mm-hmm. um, but also to the to the world is that I I was struck a lot when I was watching this in by the idea that, and I could be giving Star Wars more credit than it deserves, but I feel like something that I have always appreciated about Star Wars is that it feels like it has rules. Yeah. Like rules about a lot of things, not just about the physical surroundings, but especially about the physical surroundings, Mm -hmm. like about how everything works. Mm -hmm. This movie felt like it didn't have rules for the characters set up. Didn't have rules for the droid um, whose name is K2. K2. K2SO. K2 could be a great character if he had rules. Oh, I yeah. have no clue what his rules are. Cassian, I don't know what his rules are. They keep on changing. Yeah. The, the movie is so good about the rules with the physics. I was like, I believe everything you tell me about, almost everything you tell me about the science. Right. We've gotten into some of the technology that I have a huge problem with, but for the mm. most part, like when I'm looking, I'm just like, I believe anything you want to tell me about like how the ships work, how Ray got pushed. I'm not Ray. Do you see what I mean about yeah, her looking right. just like? Uh, anyway, yeah, I know. About how uh, how Jin <laughs> got pushed back by. I was like, yeah, that is great. That's yeah. it. How the uh, the the shield, the force field flickers right. as shield as gate. as it's as it's failing mm-hmm. because the star destroyer has been thrown into it. And maybe because technology is such a personal thing for me because, you know, I work at a print shop, real life facts, yeah. and, and I we have, it's a small print shop, so everyone there has to be very related to all the printers, and they're these giant dinosaurs that have, like, uh, mm. very specific needs, and so when I was watching the technology go through the, the like, the the gauntlet or whatever a lot of times i was like they they're doing that right which makes sense because it is a war movie and war is often war movies are often focused on their technology i mean the technology is a big part of it because you're trying to show the period of war and what they're using to attack each other but like a, a movie like saving private ryan isn't about the guns or the tanks it's about a small band of people and them existing yes. in war. This movie is really great at showing the rules, more or less, showing the rules of the technology and of the world, but they don't tell us the rules of a character. Cassian, exactly. the shorthand is Cassian shoots someone in the back at the beginning of the movie. So we're supposed to infer that when he has the chance to snipe Galen, that he has the capability of doing that. Right. You know what I mean? And then he doesn't, and we're supposed to feel something for that but prior to that he has sacrificed his safety for Jin's safety and he's teamed up with um with donnie yen's character like because of convenience and like has used his you know his powers to help the rebellion and so he's not like he's not brutal he i don't know I know that he has the capability of shooting someone in the back, but honestly, I don't know how innocent that guy is, you know? And that's why I'm saying if you tell me that Cassian is the reason for his troubles, then that seems like, a oh, man, that's a ruthless character, you know? But right. he could just be a f- snaky, flaky guy, and Cassian's like, tell me about this Death Star, and he's like, no, I gotta go, you know? Like, I don't know how deep of a, a guy this is, especially because he's one of Saw's rebels, and Saw's rebels are supposed to be seen as kind of a secondary villain, you know, that they're inhibiting something and that they're torturing this pilot. So he doesn't really feel like a person that's going to shoot an innocent man. You saw them as a secondary villain? 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, like obviously they've got a value uh, to Jin, and that they could, they could be um, a band of anti-heroes, but they torture this pilot. Uh, they put our heroes in prison, uh, and they on- they only escape because a-, a bigger evil attacks them. Everybody's given them the stink eye. No relationships are formed between them. Again, my biggest problem with this movie, you're going to hear it a million times in this podcast, nobody talks to each other. It's not like anybody gets nobody a chance talks, to talk oops, to sorry, Saul's rebels. Nobody talks to each other about new things. No, Everybody's only, just telling each other old information. We talked to Saul Guerrero, but the only s- rebel... From Saul, the only extremist that we talk to is the guy at the beginning of the movie that Cassian shoots in the back, and he and his only character is I've got to go, and I don't trust you or like what. So we haven't learned enough. Like, so can I pitch you this idea? Yes. Here's <coughs> here's my episode idea, and it'll bring bring you to the same place as the movie. So Cassian is going to be featured younger. Not six, but enough of an impression that we have a young child actor playing Cassian in the midst of this war. And we're seeing him lose, like, maybe it takes off right away, him clutching the hand of his father or clutching the hand of his mother. And they're running from something. And we see him lose family. Uh, He grows up. We see him lose friends. You know, in like bar fights, in gunfights, maybe maybe in rebels. In his own episode, in the beginning episode, uh, in the beginning of the episode before the title card. You know, like Game of Thrones has like two minutes up up front or something yeah. like that. You know, and then we see Cassian uh, imprisoned in an imperial prison, uh, like a POW camp. Uh, as a young man, and it's Diego Luna, but he's got a different haircut. You know, we're supposed to believe he's seventeen, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and we see him being mistreated by the Imperials. We see him, uh, be, you know, being attacked by Imperials, and then we see him and a and another band kind of escape either by the Rebel Alliance uh, freeing him, and mm-hmm. and f- so we see a connection to why he would fight for this cause, or him inciting something with the help of like someone else uh die trying to escape and he he escapes you know it's like a riot like a prisoner's riot and he gets out you know then it would be the intro and we would cut to Jin in prison setting up that these characters are supposed to be kindred spirits you know but we can get a little bit sense of like that guy we just saw in the last episode shoot someone in the back of the in the in the back Okay, now we're getting a little bit of info as to why so this, this guy be like is brutal. Episode maybe three. Yeah, five, probably three. Or three, or, three. Or, yeah, the the beginning of episode three. Yeah, so uh, we do as the movie does. You know, we've got to go somewhere, find uh, Saul Guerrero. You know him, and so we're going to we're going to make it happen. However, they this is the first time that we've picked up this plot this plot line. I think uh, you and I watching this movie. Which is, their original plan is the guy that Cassian shot at the beginning of the movie. It took, We had to rewind this like three times to figure this on out, subtitles by the way. So maybe we're not they're meant to be about. Star Wars fans. I don't know. No, no, no. No. Because this plot's insane. Uh, only because they throw it away. Like, it's, it's thrown in there and seeing the movie, having seen the movie before, I'm like, this never happens. So why is he saying that? I guess just to give the audience an excuse 
or just to give the screenwriters an excuse to be like, hey, we tried, but right. our, <laughs> our plan the whole time was yeah. they're going to get captured. So their plan was the guy who Cassian shot at the beginning was a member of Saw's rebel band. Yes. He had a sister. And honestly, let me just paint this for you if you were as confused as me. This is the only time the sister is mentioned and we never see her. He just says, that guy who I shot, remember him? So he's got a sister and she's going to be looking for him. We're going to find her, drop your name, Jan Urso, and she's going to go tell Saw and that's how we're going to get an audience with him. I would have that happen. I would have them find this woman, cast Jennifer Lawrence, whatever, as, as a character, this sister character, and have a moment of him saying, again, like that guy at the beginning, he's saying, hey, how are you? Han Solo, like, Greedo, I was just going to see your boss. You know, that kind of thing. Like, have a rapport, except it goes Denethor way, where by the end of the conversation, she's leading him on. She's saying, it's been a long time. What have you been up to? Oh, I see you've been staying out of trouble. And then she says, I'm surprised uh, to see you here, especially after you shot my brother in the back. And now Cassian's like, oh, hold on a second. Yeah. That's when the black bags go over their head and they get sent to Saw's camp and, and put in jail. They're still there. I They're like in it. the thing, but it makes way more sense. And it plays to Cassian's character. It gives him another level of this is something he thinks he can do which is he can be charming, he can lie, and then he'll stab you in the back, but this time it's going to get him into trouble. And that's and so like it's a little bit of like he's we, we got to take some credit away from him because we can't just have him shooting people and and laying bombs and attack, you know, what doing whatever he wants and not and get away with it because then he's a villain. So he's going to try he's going to learn from these mistakes and contrast the beginning of the episode where he's in jail for a long time, you know, as a kid, to now he's put in a, a cell again. And in the movie, he's like freaking out. He says, this is new for me, being captured. But I'm not going to have him say that in the movie, personal, in the in the series, personally. He's just going to be panicking because he doesn't like being behind bars, you know? So it, it, it gives a little bit more credence to that, that like, we got to get out of here, you know? And Donnie Yen's there to be sort of like, well, you know, uh, what's the big rush of the force wills it is whatever and and Cassian's like no 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 I'm not gonna be in prison again we gotta get out of here and and you know there we are we we've arrived at the same place but we have more character development we have more of an idea of how and Cassian less functions static. less static less like happenstance of we're gonna go see this sister then we're That's gonna the tell her that's the static I'm referring to like, yeah like, but then it also it doesn't matter we're gonna get captured except it led us to where we wanted to be anywhere. We just had to say that literally so the audience knew we had an excuse. And see, you know that's I mean? a really obnoxious thing is that I realized as we were watching this, this for the first time, but it's kind of been, I've been aware of it the whole time, mm-hmm. is how how when you're watching it, you're, there. like, there's a good, there's a good 10 to 15 minutes that I just like kind of like disregard in the in the beginning of the movie because it's them trying to tell me what the backstory is and me not oh. caring enough to keep up with it yeah. and just knowing the direction it's supposed to go in because we know the end. And that's like, yeah. there's a lot of that. And I feel like that's, 
it, it it makes it look like a lot of lazy writing. I feel like maybe their hands were, again, forced by the time of it, of how much they could put into it, but it still looks like very lazy writing. Right. It's like exactly what you're saying about the sister. Like, just it, it never comes back to her. Yeah. Why, like, and that's time that they made us as the audience sit in a chair that we paid like thirteen fifty to sit in to uh, to hear him say there's a sister like we're paying for, we're paying for minutes yeah. we're paying for literal minutes yeah. and some of these minutes are like shitty I guess yeah, that's totally. what I'm getting down to is like I paid for the whole movie and this part of it like I shouldn't have to skip over like the gristle right. of it to get to the next part because like a new hope was a good piece of steak like I, just, I mean it just reeks of like. Hey, we're in the writer's room. We're going to have them uh, be captured by Saw's rebels and put into chains, and then it's going to be a distrustful situation. So they write that, but then they're like, well, what are they doing? They're going to the planet and just walk around until they get captured? We have to have some reason for them to be there. But they don't build on it at all, and so see, it just comes off as really lazy and dumb. Like, I oh, think yeah, that- there's a, the guy I killed, uh, uh, a sister. And, like, wh- why is it a sister? Or, like, you know, he's got to... Or even Saw's troops will be looking for me if you said Saul's troops will be looking for me because I killed one of their guys so what's the plan and he goes they find us like that would be something you know like we're just gonna make a scene until they show up or something like that but it's like he can talk to the sister like it's like he can talk to the more I I don't know it just it feels like why say that if you're not even gonna talk about it at all you know like you're not gonna trick us into thinking that that that's going to happen and then suddenly pull a left turn like I don't know. It just, it reeks of, we know what we want to happen, but we need to make excuses to yeah. put the characters there, you know, so that it can happen. Yeah. And, and, oh man, that's, that, that's just getting me onto like, I'm thinking about, uh, this, this movie was almost like the, the beginning of it was a, a funnel. Right. Like it was, this movie almost had like a figure eight like mm. uh, like an hourglass figure yeah. to it because like the bottom like at the, at the beginning of the film we had this long sequence that was like them like showing us the world that they were living on and then showing us the sequence of the death troopers coming in with Krennic and uh, showing like just we got environment out of it so there was a lot of time put into that and then we right. moved on to like the Cassian part of it and that was a little bit more cramped but still like putting some and then we get to um, Saw Guerrera's people and they're squeezing a lot into a small space but there's still kind of some cohesiveness to it yeah and then we get to the rebels and it's just like it's almost at the bottleneck so they're just shoving so much into it and then we get to the part of the plot where we are at maybe the third act i guess you would call Mm -hmm. it which is them you know being on the scarif yeah on scarif and scarif is just a mostly a big action sequence that allows them to have a lot of the character acting going on because they're showing the soldiers doing soldier stuff Mm. um which was all great, actually. As we were going back over, I was like, okay, we got to the part that I was thinking was the only interesting part of this movie, which was the war part. Yeah. Um. Anyway, backtracking. I'm. I'm sorry. I got. I got way off topic. Where no, were that's we? okay. Um, I like that idea. Uh. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about some other key moments with Cassian before we get into Saul's rebels and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, with Cassian, there are essentially two more 
plot points that really stand out to me. One of them uh, being that he's going to assassinate Galen, which I, as we learn stuff in this movie, as, as characters start to reveal things, they get the message that there's a, a weakness and the thing, and then the message is destroyed. And then they don't know if they can trust Jin because she's the only one that heard it and all that different stuff. Like, then it becomes so crazy, this plot to assassinate Galen with all the new information that we have. Um, that being said, play a little bit more on Cassian and that, uh, that, uh, that general, that rebel general, who I think is very interesting that he is kind of, he may be acting against the will of the other rebels, you know, like they're not a cohesive band that Mon Mothma might not be a part of this plan. She says that Galen's causing a lot of problems, but also that, uh, they want to extract him and have him testify. This general seems to be going against that. Maybe Mon Mothman knows, who knows. But anyway, he says that uh, <coughs> that the weapon... Cassian sends a message to that general, says the weapon's been confirmed, um, and that Galen Erso is on Edu. Presumably because the pilot, the Imperial pilot mm-hmm. who defected, told him because that's where the Imperial pilot is from. And then the movie right. states as much, that he was deported, he was sent from uh, Edu. Um, the thing I would slightly change to build more into Cassian's character is that uh, they wouldn't know that he's on Edu yet. This character, this pilot character, will have nearly lost his mind and almost been blown up in this giant explosion. He will want to get out, much like that guy at the beginning. And now the rebel general has told Cassian, find out where Galen is. This guy knows and he's been out of the frying pan into the fire with Saw. Now he's in the hands of Cassian and this rebel who, oh my God, I can't believe it's not even that different. Like, they're all just trying to get information out of this poor guy and just using him, you know? So maybe he roughs him up in the cargo hold or something, you know, or gets gets him somehow to to take him to Edu, maybe, again, like kind of forcing him. and say if you if you mention this to anybody, if you tell anybody why we're going there, you know, then whatever. And then Jin's happy that they're going to Edu to find her father, uh, and they're gonna ex- and the mission is we're gonna extract him and bring him back to to confirm this message that Jin has gotten mm-hmm. that it is indeed a planet destroyer that this is what they're built this is what they built and this is what he built, but that there is in fact a weakness. So. When the time comes for Cassian to maybe shoot uh, Galen, he says right before, he, he sends the pilot, Bodhi, uh, the defective pilot, away. And he says, you said we were just here to look. Bodhi says you were just here to look. And Cassian says, I'm here. I'm looking. Now go. I want the audience in the, of this show to not know how to feel about that. Can like, you explain a little bit more? Yeah, so he says like just the idea that you can't trust someone he's Bodhi is saying what we're all thinking about a character like this leaving a character in charge that we know has the capacity for evil or for you know negative good I'll I'll say kind of like a bad uh, way of attaining a good thing um and to say no, 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 we're not leaving you alone. You know, we're not leaving. You said we were just here to look and to have him look us in the eyes and say, I'm here, I'm looking. Get out of here. What, you don't trust me? You know, kind of thing. I don't know if I trust you. You know, I want people to sort of like, this guy might might do it, even though he's committed to Jin that they're going to extract him or whatever, yeah. you know. And 
And that's his mission. So it makes it all the more powerful when he decides not to shoot Galen. Right. The movie fails in this sense to me because it sort of feels like he is not shooting Galen, not because he's going to extract him and he believes Jin's like thing, but because it's just morally wrong. That he's yeah. a nice guy and I shouldn't do it kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not a great character motivation for the person you've set up. And can I speak on that a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Go right ahead. I started to say earlier and then I got into a tangent. A, a big problem I have in, in this exact scene that you were describing is yeah. the one that illuminated it for me. Uh-huh. Was that so often it feels like they, because they do not have time, they cut out the middle part of the development yeah. and just leave us with like there could be it's not a and b it's a and c and they're just cutting b out and they're right. trusting us to know that b's in there somewhere yeah, because like it true. makes more sense to me that cassian is going through some internal struggle mm-hmm. that is getting him to the place of i'm not going to shoot him other right. than just like moral, like it's not, yeah, it's not like, good, oh, like I can't kill an innocent man more, you know, like, so to speak. Like, because first of all, the actors do a good job for the most part in this mm-hmm. film. So as I'm watching, I'm like, I see that, I see that this film was supposed to be an adult film, and I see that Cassian was supposed to go through some through some dark stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just there's there was just like this was the scene where I was like everyone kind of has that in and, a, in a, and it's very typical in, of a movie you know like he's got his hand on the trigger and it's like his his hands you know shaking and stuff and then but we oh, needed, can't do it we needed it's, more yeah we needed, I don't like, know why he can't we needed do the it, in between really. part where it shows the development where it kind of shows that's like you have to have the initial part where you show the condition of someone and then mm. it, you have this ideal at the end that you want to reach that's different from it. Right. And then you can't just allude to the change that happened. I mean, you can, the movie did that pretty much. I'm just, because they didn't have time to do all the stuff. And it's just, that is, I'm sorry, I'm talking so fast. No, no, I I understand what you're saying. So much of what the movie is, including trusting people who are watching it to be Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like, that's the thing they have to go off of, again, because they did not have enough time in just totally. one feature-length movie they to to be, like, to really do good world-building and stuff mm-hmm. and to do... Um, character good, development. Yeah, character development. Sense. They just... They had to sort of trust us to be people who had seen a lot of movies and yeah. understand those arcs exist. I mean, you know what it's like when you're going to kill a girl's father and she's right there and you can't but, do it. It's like I don't know that. But they but they but they're they're relying on tropes. Yeah. And so it's it's really a nostalgic movie. That's the thing is yeah. you have to be watching it nostalgically to be able to enjoy it. And I think that while we were watching it nostalgically, we have we've been kind of spoiled by Sure. Some of the the Star Wars we've been spoiled by the film sort of uh, milieu or whatever in yeah. general, where like all the blockbusters that are going to be uh, franchises are coming out. They've actually yeah. been putting some work in, like whether, right, right. yeah. So we're like we were expecting more than just nostalgia from this. However, yeah. It, yeah. And I'm not I'm not against. Look, I don't, I'm not saying in my version that he would shoot Galen. I don't think that I would do that. No. However, if I can point out a little bit no, of comedy, it's a good, it's a good part. If I, I can mean, point out a little bit of comedy. If he thinks, if we're supposed to 
supposed to infer that he believes Jin and that he is going to try to extract Galen or he's not going to shoot him and they're going to do something like that. Or he's trying to hang on to humanity or something. Or Why doesn't he shoot Krennic? He must know he's an Imperial officer. Why not start sniping Imperial officers? Yeah, he's right. That's a very good He's right point. there. He's right there. He's even more in the open. He's and, facing and he was, He's it, facing him. And, he's, he's got his chest pointed towards him like a Shakespeare play. Like and the worst more, thing that could happen is he'll die anyway, which it was already kind I of mean, a mini suicide mission. You I can mean, argue Cassian doesn't know how important Krennic is, but like he he's sees got, an imperial insignia. Yeah. Who does what does he care? Yeah. Why not just start and shooting? He, and he yeah, he's ordering the deaths the deaths of of engineers. Plus he you has, just slapped the crap out of Galen. So if you're trying to save Galen, you might as well start sniping the people pointing guns at him. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, I mean like why not? What the hell I is happening? I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know why he doesn't do that. Because so. there's no supporting evidence. So, it's so frustrating. I would this have him such a stressful, frustrating movie. I would have him not shoot Galen. <sighs> And either I would have those rebel troops come in immediately, and so as soon as he decides, the rebel much, troops that got called in as reinforcements because they were in some kind of trouble. Right? Yeah, like last, they lose transmission, and so they send in the squad to essentially bomb the place. Yeah, you know, and they're just like, we got to get rid of everybody or whatever. Which, by the way, I don't really know why they didn't do that in the first place. Because uh, I guess they're risking ships, they're risking men, as opposed yeah. to he's going there to just assassinate oh, someone and get a out of there. Pin in that subject, yeah, because that was the one thing that was a. So he, uh, so they send in the squad and start blowing stuff up. Much like you could do it, like in Last Jedi, when Kylo can't pull the trigger, and then immediately, boom. Two TIE fighters do the job for him. You know, it's like yeah. okay, well, we understand that he only had a moment to sort of choose not to do something. But if you didn't want to do that, if you didn't want the rebels to come in, which could arguably be very interesting, he chooses not to do what the rebels sent him to do, but realizes it's ultimately out of his control. They've already sent somebody. They've right. already sent people to do the job for him. So he's so you know he's kind of like I don't know you okay there. Yes, Ali almost <laughs> fell out of her chair. Um, but Oops. I think in my version he'd start shooting. And snipe a stormtrooper. Maybe he doesn't go for Krennic. Or maybe Krennic's just not as visible, you know? Like, maybe they've got a, a halo-shaped yeah. kind of... No, not an, an arc, you know, around Krennic, so he can't get a clear shot. But we see a bullet go through a stormtrooper's head and come out the front, you know, just clean cut. Yeah, and I, Krennic's I, I, like, pause, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. And then they start firing the gunfight, and then, boom, X-Wings start bombing yeah. and stuff. Now it's chaos. We don't know what's going on kind of thing. And what are you going to do? Um, And... All of that, coupled with a lot more, by the way, because this isn't like six episodes of a TV show. It, it might be a little bit more. But that scene then with Jin and Cassian would be where they argue about what is... And he says, I didn't pull the trigger, did I? I didn't shoot him, you know, kind of thing. I've been in this fight since I was six. Now we've got a little more context. We've seen yeah. him in prison. We've seen him. We've seen him like wheeling and dealing. We've seen him take people's lives. We've seen him against choose. Now at this turning point, that this woman has changed his view. That maybe he should start trusting that there's a chance, a hope for the entire galaxy. That this guy has really built a weakness into this super weapon, mm -hmm. and that will that is the thesis of Cassian's character that rebellions are built on hope. You know, he can learn that in that prison cell 
that that there's a hope we can get out of here and that there's a hope and so at the end when when Jin's rallying the troops and trying to get people to like join mm-hmm. her cause she says rebellions are built on hope and you see that not only has she rubbed off on him in terms of realizing what's important and that there might be a chance that this could be destroyed but that he has rubbed off on her and that is why they decide to form up together. Instead, what we get in the movie is they argue, they fight. You don't know what you're talking about. You yeah, don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Next scene, teaming up. up. We're teaming oh, up. I hate it. Here we go. Why? Why yeah. are they not mad at each other? I mean, like, I know that, that there's so probably time passed, but in movie time, there's like two minutes between. Again, those it's them. It's them trusting you with point A and point C. Yeah. Speaking of point A and point C, could we maybe take a possible point B so I can grab the bathroom? Let's take a break. Cue the Cantina Band. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> This guy's rip. Man. Yeah, man. They're so good. That one song they do. I love it. Anyway. I love uh, figuring Dan in the model notes. Yeah. Something fierce. They're I need like great. I need a vinyl of their <laughs> Go vinyl, on. Vinyl space vinyl. Oh, that sounds so cool. Go so on. uh so the last thing that I would say about Cassian and the end of my story arc for him. Or Busting kind of right into it. Sort of thing. Well, we've ta- I, I've given you my idea, and I want to hear your ideas about his uh, beginning and starting him at a low point, so to speak. That midpoint where he has a turn and decides that maybe it's not all about that. And, uh, you know, it's not all the way he thought. And now the third act. How does he end? You know, like, how, how does that story arc come to a conclusion? And... I do of what, think his first episode or no of of you know like getting to Scarif, getting to the point where okay. he does join Jin and honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna say something positive, I think that with enough weight and enough time, sh- dedicated to these rebels and to Cassian, that uh, his speech at the end when he joins Jin is solid. It's just you don't I don't I won't say you I don't feel it. When he says, we've dedicated our lives to this, saboteurs, assassins, you know, like, if if we stop now, it'll all yeah. be for nothing. I think that's cool. It's just, I can't give it enough credit, and I can't give it the credit that it might deserve because I don't, I don't feel, I don't know who any of those guys are, mm-hmm. and I haven't really seen much of their sacrifices, and I haven't seen a lot of Cassian sacrifices either. I've just heard him say... I've been fighting since I was six. And then he goes, you're not the only one who lost anyone who's lost everything. But I don't know who he's lost. I don't know when. I don't know how long he's been fighting this kind of thing. In the version that the movie shows, you know, I personally, I would like a little more connection because I think that that's a pretty cool, I don't know if I'd call it monologue. I do but, have notes on that. Oh, what, do you, what would you think about? What do you think about that? Because I would have, um, because I would have Lyra because I would have Lyra be the person who mm. survived, the surviving parent who yeah, who he would possibly be assassinating. I would have it be his mom that he lost when he was six. This mm. is what I was going back to when I was saying six years old, I joined the rebellion. That's brilliant. I would think uh, last parent to die was his mother and that she was a strong character for him. And then this kinship that he has mm. with Jin would have this kind of full circle thing where you can put more emphasis on why it's hard for him to pull the trigger. Because it is her coming into his life 
that has put him at odds with his goal, which was to do whatever it takes for, you know, for the rebels to win. So for me, I think like that I can deal more with because actually like you heard me say it. And after I said, I was like, what was I just saying just Mm -hmm. now? Because that's awful was when, when we were watching the movie tonight and he hesitated to shoot, um, Galen. Yeah. Because I, I think I may have so far related to him the most, Mm -hmm. um, to uh to Cassian, I said shoot him. Oh yeah, because I you're was like, why not? I was like, why not? I was why like, shoot him. If him? you believe in this, do it. And he's out there. And I just like, I I was frustrated for him a little bit. I, I was totally like, totally agree. I was like, follow through on your instincts because of all the characters, I feel like I have felt him the most in yeah. the movie. And like, I I, I want to say I felt Donnie Yen's character the most because I right. do love him, but. Cassian, especially because of how well Diego is doing in this, I was like, I feel he has something there. Again, I was like, I didn't like the movie, but I was like... You don't say that because you're like bloodthirsty and you're like, shoot him, I don't care. You're saying that like, as, as you understand this character and identify with this character and you're in his headspace that the movie has yeah. put you in, you're thinking, yeah, shoot him. What? Also, Why so, wouldn't you? You know, like it's just it doesn't make sense to me that he's not other than the Hollywood contrivance of uh, I can't do it. It's too, you know, it's not right or something. It's like, since when are you not OK with doing the right thing? And that's all I'm saying. It's OK to do the it's not right. I can't do this anymore. That kind of thing. But yet, I don't think this movie's earned it. They didn't earn the like suddenly I'm going to be uh, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. I, I'm going to do the right thing. Oh, no. It, he says, call off the squad. Jin's on that platform. And yeah. I was thinking, Jin? What do you care about Jin? You don't even know her. You guys haven't had a conversation at all. You right. Know, like, you just, sh- you didn't even want her to be a part of this plan. So why are you saying, what? Again, it's it's a time thing. It, it yeah, needed to it just cook longer. Time. That's like, fine. I'm okay with that plot line, but not at that speed. But, but <laughs> It doesn't I think make sense that, at that speed. I think that this, again, plays into the thing that we're talking about, where it's just like, we're getting point A and point, you know, G where we're like we we're we're at both ends of we've been at both ends and we're okay with them if there's something good in between we're like go ahead and justify it oh totally and and they just they couldn't you know and so they didn't but we can't this is something that um that I think you and I have both kind of been getting into during our our anxiety and our frustrations about this a lot is how many times we want to say I wish this thing was here and at least for me, being afraid to say that because I'm like, somebody's going to be like, that is there. It's just in the extended universe that you have to go research. Yeah, I know. And, and I'm like, we have to judge this. Like like you've said, you have got to judge this based on what they tell us. Yeah. I'm, I, and I'm told so freaking little. You got to be fair to yourself. Like, yeah. Look, the extended universe is something that I take into... I. I put stock in depending on what level of conversation I'm having. If you want to talk about 1977 Star Wars as a film and not as how I feel about it, but just like as a movie, I can talk about it as a movie. Like the cinematography is interesting, the practical effects, the you know that kind of thing. Like, And then the characters and stuff. If you want to talk about it philosophically, I can talk about that. If you want to talk about friggin' uh, Max Rebo and what his story is, we can go into that too, but... This is about how to make this movie better. And right. I bet there's a ton of stuff in Catalyst 
that would make its way into this television series. You know, the series. thing is that you know we have I mean? to do is like I have to like go against my, you know, the eight million other books that I've promised to read yeah. and just read Catalyst and get it out of the way just to be I just mean, studied. I'm not, but, I'm yeah, not I'm just saying those ideas. I think right, they're good but ideas. Like, but just in terms of like when we watched the original movies, we didn't have to read extended fiction right. to want to like be in love with them. And that's kind of what we are judging it on as right now because everybody's saying like this is such a great Star Wars film and right. Jared and exactly. Ali are sitting here like, how is this a great Star Wars film? Because we had to do so much work as Star Wars fans to love it, it feels weird. You and know? if like, somebody says, look, this this is uh, made more apparent in the Cassian uh, book series or whatever, that I don't know if if what the additional uh, extended universe stuff is for this movie or what the uh, novelization tells us, any of that. But if your argument is they go into that in the book, you should read the book, you should already know that, like it's a part of the thing, I would say, I'm glad they go into it in the book. That's why I want it to be a show because I think it should right. be there. I don't think it should. I think that's great. That's an awesome idea. I think that that's really interesting. I would have loved to have seen that. But anyway, I'm sorry. That was what I was getting that. at with the whole oh, like. No, I, agree. Cassian, I just wanted to clarify uh, my my point of view. Oh yeah, on that, you sorry. know that like I'm I'm on board for the ideas that work and the stuff that is explained uh, uh, externally, kind of thing. My problem was with the movie. If those things are explained somewhere else. That's great. I, I didn't get that. I watched the movie and that was it. I would love to incorporate more of those things into a movie. Of. Yeah, it's right. kind of what I was getting. I was just saying, like, we're saying this isn't a good star. This to us, compared to Star Wars movies, isn't a good Star Wars movie. Yeah. And the problem, in a big problem, in that being that the bit, the other Star Wars movie, well, it did expect us to just kind of accept some things and draw conclusions, like saying, yeah. like things like Clone Wars. For the most right. part, we just like we're not we we're not burdened with as much of of, of that exposition. I know yeah. there was exposition in there. I remember. I'm just oh, saying no, like no, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I can follow pretty much everything that was going in those. I anyway. I'm no. I get what you mean. So, sorry. I know. I'm just going in circles because it is such a frustrating. I was chasing my tail about this the whole time we were watching the movie. It was yeah. just so. I mean, the plot goes in circles. Cassian's character goes in circles. That's what I'm talking about. He's yeah. constantly going left. He's going right, and it just seems to be at the contrivances of the movie, like yeah. by the will of the plot. Yeah. Like he, now he won't shoot somebody. Now he will. Now he doesn't. I know. I said that earlier. I'm just. Saying. And the problem is we can't we can't do the thing that we would usually do, which is watch it with the commentary, because I think they would tell us. Right. What had happened there? Why it's so broken up? But yeah. we don't want to. We don't want to borrow any of their biases that they're going to give us. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And and believe me, we're going to get into. You know, I can read the books separately. I can watch the the commentary separately. But as far as I'm talking about this movie, yeah. that's what I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Why does this movie work for people when it doesn't work for me? There's no way. I'm telling you, man, there's no way everybody read the book before they saw this movie and they just failed to tell me that like, yeah, because of the, oh, oh, you didn't read the book. If that were it, if everybody else in the universe had done that, I would have been like, that's amazing. I can't believe I missed out on that. But so to change, getting a little bit more back on topic, I'm going to hit you with this and I want to get your reaction. Ready? This is how I end Cassian. They go to the Scarif, they do all their stuff, they find the plans, yada, yada, yada. There's a scene in the tower where they're climbing the data files and Krennic and two bodyguards are like shooting at them and uh, 
Cassian nails one. He nails a second one. Krennic shoots Cassian and he falls down. And he looks like he's dead, right? Right. He comes back at the end of the movie, like shoots Krennic, saves the day, and then they limp off together into the, <laughs> into the nuclear explosion. <laughs> but yeah, okay. to me, that character would maybe not die in the tower, like in that way, but he would die at that point. He would die rabidly fighting off stormtroopers, rabidly defending the plans, using the anger that he's amassed, you know, the 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 skills that he's fought for, or the skills that he's developed in fighting for this cause, he finally now has the ultimate commitment, which is like he has given, he has given his soul All right. to uh, to this cause, um, and and uh, he's shot people in the back. He's, you know, uh, tricked people. I'd show him, like, fighting the Empire really dirty. He's lied. He's schemed. He went behind the back of the rebellion that he worked for. You know, all that different stuff. And he says, because I always thought I was fighting for a good cause. But now he really has that good cause. This isn't a good cause that he just keeps telling himself is good. You know, this isn't the good cause that he one day hopes that the rebellion will become in will become a sort of in the place of the empire like he doesn't really know what's going to happen with this this whole thing but he knows he's fighting for a good cause well now they have plans to the death star that will show that there's a weakness that the rebels will come that we know leia and luke and the chosen ones mm. like the the heroes are really on their way and that they're going to usher in peace for the galaxy like he has a sense of that that he's really doing something good now and because of that he's able to fight harder than he's ever fought before and it's a bitter sweetness of like this guy mm, is going to go I down in a blaze of glory but he's nailing him he's getting one he's getting two he's getting three he's getting four he's getting five and it keeps coming he might get shot in the shoulder like boromir like just Can going I make a really lazy comparison go ahead like john snow in the the mic like uh john snow in the uh that that one battle scene where like you know he's like drowning in bodies that are yeah coming yeah. in on top they're of them, stomping like, on him you know like yeah. but but it's just like really you feel good about it you know you feel like he is going down in gunfire like it's not really a great death because he is still in war and he's not solving his problems with peaceful resolution or finding mm-hmm. any kind of peace but you can see the determination of someone who is going to go down fighting like yeah. who is going to give his last breath to finally defending something that matters like really uh, like really yeah, helping I, rebellion really helping yeah yeah i dig it and like in like in in like heavy on the violence end of it i yeah. think you're saying like and not so yeah he but he succumbs to it. He yeah. gives it enough time for her to get away. We see that light in his eyes that he that you he gets from like maybe even a smirk. 
you know, like something that says I'm I'm doing it, like you know, tears. Something yeah. that's like I'm I'm fighting. You know, really? like it's, I'm t- I'm telling you, like really, I want that arc to be big. I can't say there's no arc for Cassian's character in this movie. There is a little. He's kind of a bad guy. He becomes more or less a great a great guy. But I want it to be. Oh, this character, like like uh, Jamie Lannister, where you're like, this guy is the worst. I hate this guy. And then I want to try to get the audience to be like, damn, I can't help it. This He's really doing a good thing now. He's found his stride. It's he's interesting using- you compare him to Jamie Lannister because that definitely is like is a vibe that I was getting that I would like from him That's earlier what I was, feel. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that he's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make paint him as a villain at the beginning of the movie, but definitely an anti-hero. And by the end of the movie, he doesn't get to just be a, a white knight who shows up at the medal ceremony and, and is suddenly a great guy, but he's using that viciousness, that brutalness that I'll do anything to get ahead. What he's the literal gunfighting skill that he's learned from being in war since he was six is now justified. He's using that uh, anger and that hunger for justice in the right way. You know what? That actually may uh, bring mm. something up for me, and I'm glad this is a long-form podcast because I know we keep on switching topics to stuff that's about to like <laughs> delve into something else that's going to go for a while, I'm sure. But um, that actually makes me think about... Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> You forgot what you were going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. You may have to edit this part. All right. Well, I can always edit it out. And if you remember it, then it's whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was important. It was essentially just about the gravity of the situation. But now I have, like, I was listening to the end of what you said, and I just kind of... Well, well then we've got... Uh, so so I'm cutting that. Um, in my TV show, I'm cutting the um, hug on the beach. I actually don't have a big problem with the hug on the beach other than I don't know why they limp towards the beach instead of limping towards the ship because they had not been informed that the ship was destroyed yet. So I think that they would want to at least give a shot at flying away before the ship explodes like they did earlier. So don't tell me it's not possible because the planet was literally exploding as they flew away. So it's in their heads that they should be able to get on a plane and get out of here because the shield's down. So I don't know why they limp towards the beach to, to cry and hug. Other than that, <laughs> I don't have a problem with the hug necessarily that they give in and that they say, hey, it was an honor working with you, kid, or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. I, I don't have a problem with that ending, but in my version, uh, that wouldn't be able to happen because I would prefer Cassian go down in a different way so that we can actually end right. the series focusing on Jin, on her being the one that doesn't get to escape, on her being the one that confronts Krennic and... Uh, and doesn't get saved by friendship, you know, but that she, she's, her victory is, is uh, earned on her own merit. That she's not like at the mercy of Krennic and then suddenly a blaster bolt hits Krennic in the arm and, uh, and she gets to, she gets to walk away scot-free, you know, like, um, and that would be my character arc for Cassian. That's what I think he needs in this movie. And I think that that wouldn't just make his character better. I think Mm. that would make a lot more sense of the world that they exist in, that this war has affected people. And I think that it would do a great service to Jin's character to have that person in contrast. You know what I mean? Right. I know that was kind of like 
an hour of me telling you how Cassian should be different, but I, I, I mean, would you agree that he needs some change? I mean, we may just need to do like a second, ep- a second episode, frankly. I mean, because we're already like, no, why don't you do it? We'll just make this. We can do a part two, but but uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Cassian specifically. Like, what do you agree or disagree with, or or is there is there something that stands out to you as like in a TV show? This is something I would focus on for Cassian. You know, like any scene that comes to mind that you're like, I wish there was a scene where Cassian did this or or uh, that kind of thing. I'm I'm not sure. Cassian's kind of tough for me. I. Uh, I don't really know what to say at this point. We've covered it. We've, we've, we've gone over him pretty extensively. I don't know if did there's I anything. Did I do it? Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> you did it. I think you did all of it. I don't think there's anything left really for me to say about. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I hope that's a good thing and not a bad thing that I just uh Was there anything else you want to talk about? So that is how what I would change about Cassian's arc. That's how I'd develop it. All right. However, Cassian, as we both know, is not the only force that Jin interacts with. They interact with the rebels. Mm-hmm. This is from the rebels' point of view, this movie. You know, we're supposed to right. identify with them. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happens between those rebels, namely Saw's extremists, and, that and I think we should get into in the next episode. And frankly... Uh, the actual rebels too, which we we spent yeah, a whole lot of time taught. Like I'm actually frustrated with how little time we got with some of the characters in mm. in the actual rebels. Like I, I feel like uh, the general, the uh, general Draven. Yeah. Um. They kind of framed him like uh, like an asshole in it, and I was like, there he could be an asshole and still have a little show a little bit more about like the struggle that he was going through with the decisions he was making. I feel like we could have gotten more. Uh, I don't know. I had I had hoped to to get to talk about like a whole structure of like episodes that like for development sake. So maybe in the next one we can try to get into that. So I won't I won't get more into. It. I'm just saying we need to talk about not just Saw's rebels, but like the actual rebels because yeah, there's yeah. more rebels than I Cassian agree. out there. I agree. I would love yeah. to hear those thoughts. So yeah. Next episode. Next episode. Next episode. All right. All um, right. So. Uh... Anything you want to plug? I would just like suggest that if you were ever trying to track Sam, people remember that like if the, the tracks are side by side rather than single file, you probably are not tracking Sam people. But stormtroopers, possibly. Like, <laughs> assume your your aunt and your uncle might be in trouble. It's them. Blast them. Cool. I'm just saying. That's all. Yeah, I think that's fair. So uh, uh, I would say. Uh, Leave comments, uh, like, subscribe, whatever you might want to do, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Bye. Bye.